As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Just take a moment and let's just expand the universe a little bit, shall we? Spoken for Audio Productions presents Legends Library. I got a bad feeling about this. You will find that it is you who are mistaken. About a great many things. You must unlearn what you have learned. You will find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. There's always a bit of truth in legends. And now, here are your hosts, Lisa Mountain and Cole Pugh. everybody welcome to legends library we are a book podcast dedicated to the legends line of the star wars universe and i'm here today with guest kyle rawlings and we're going to talk about everything we love about legends so if you want to say a quick hi kyle hello everybody <laughs> so the reason i i wanted to do the show today was mostly because there's been a lot of, um, let's just say, let's just call it as it is. There's been a lot of hate these days and a lot of stress. And I thought, you know, let's get away from that and let's talk about love because all we need is love. And, you know, if you if you guys are a fan of uh, Moulin Rouge and Ewan McGregor as a singer, you know, his one of his very famous lines in the in the film is all you need is love. So we're here to talk about what we love about legends today. So I thought I'll just start quickly. It's just um, what I really love about this show and this podcast is mostly that I love the fans. I love the fans that we have. I love that Kyle has reached out to us. I love that I've been able to connect with Randy, with uh, with Luke, with Cole, and it's like it it has changed my life completely, and I absolutely love it. Um, what. Being that, you know, what I love about the fans is this whole time that I've been 
you know, the hosts of this show. I've never had one email or mean thing said to me. Everyone has always been encouraging. And I just, I find that just such a wonderful thing. And I just want to thank everyone for being a listener of Legends Library. So that's, you know, from my heart that I thank you for everyone for being here. But yeah, so Kyle, let's get the show started. So if you want to talk about some things you love about of, about legends, you know, some authors, some writers, just some general things. Oh, sure, sure. Um, well, legends is is my heart, um, and, and to me, it's like it is the soul of of the franchise. Um, and I found it pretty early on in life. Uh, see, I was like, I was that kid in seventh grade who was reading Shadows of the Empire. Um, you know. I'm, <laughs> you know, in my early thirties now. So all that stuff was relevant to me crum coming up. And I did buy all the shadows of the empire, uh, toys, you know, KBs and mm -hmm. all that. Um, and it was definitely just part of that whole crowd. You know, uh, my folks took me to the, well, to be spe specific, my, uh, my mom took me to, uh, uh, to see all the star Wars, like special editions and whatnot in 1997. So I was about 10 and, um, yeah, you know, and so that that's kind of where I truly fell in love with everything because, like, you know, not to make anything uh, complicated or anything, mm -hmm. but, like, you know, family split up. And it was just that kind of time period when, like, you know, like, you're, you're small and impressionable and it's just, like, Star Wars was just it for me. That was, that was yeah. awesome. You know, and, like, I always just, after that point, like, I just had a, a, uh, an affinity for it. And then, and then it, it, of course, like, you know, you grow up a little bit and, like, you kind of, like, you just grow out of it. But, um, you know, you know, I, I went to see the prequels as a kid, but then like something happened when I was in a uh, uh, middle school and it just made me mm -hmm. want to pick up shadows of the empire because it just looked cool. I looked at the front cover, you see this guy named Zizer and it's like, all right. And, um, you see, and it's like, all right. So you see Vader on the front. You're just like, all right, this is going to be wonderful. And, um, from that point on, it's, I, I got into the NJO in high school and as far as the EU is concerned, it's just, it's been something that I've like, I, I'm almost 33 now and I'm still dedicating my, my life to it. <laughs> you know, yeah, so as far as love, yeah, as far as love for authors and whatnot, um, well, if, uh, I don't openly talk about it too often, but, um, at the moment, uh, I'm the editor of, uh, Joseph Buongiorno's, um, uh, Star Wars Supernatural Encounters, uh, the trial and transformation of Arho uh, Hextrafon. And that's pretty much been like a, a spirit piece for me uh, working on that project. As far as Legends authors are concerned, um, that's where I found my, my fan base and my, my love for the brand in the current um, times. Because as we were talking about before, um, things are a little bit dark within the community. And so working on that project has, has uh, restored a lot of my faith in the fandom and uh you know hope for the future and whatnot i know i'm kind of bouncing all over the place but you're just like uh, you're asking me what do i love about star wars and i just have a million things to say <laughs> but Lots how about we get it back to you though <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's been so much that i've loved about the whole journey into star wars itself like i was very much like hey i have this idea for the story that i want to work on so let's read everything I can because if I don't get this right, it's going to blow back on me. So, 
you know, focusing on all the books was very, very important to me over the years. And, and that's how, you know, that's how I brought, was brought into the legend show is because of my, my just sudden, I read everything. And I had a lot of time on my hands because I was commuting to work. So I had about three hours a day that I was reading Star Wars, you know, expanded universe books. Like I started with some of the, the new kind of Disney stuff, but you know, when it came down to it, like I really enjoyed, you know, reading, but the old, like the old Republic, the new Republic, but I was always kind of fearful of reading about like the legacy timeline, just since like if the new movies were coming out, what would it mean if I was to read those books and then compare it to the movies? And of course, once we finally covered them in the show, it was like, wow, these <laughs> are so phenomenal. The people who watch these movies are so missing out with how wonderful these books are and how much I love them. Like bringing in like all those authors, like Alston and Troy Denning and, you know, Karen Travis and just everyone on those projects. It's just like, wow, you get all these characters that are brought in who fill in this timeline. And the biggest part of it was, I think I really fell in love with Han and Leia even more as a relationship, like how they proved to be as like the strong power, like power couple. And like, it kind of breaks my heart that like, you don't see this in the, in the movies where they never are able to join together again. But um, so there, there's one thing, this is going to be like a crazy fan theory of mine that fans, I'm sorry, you're going to have to just kind of bear with me for this. Um, I was a big Xena fan, Warrior Princess, growing up because I oh, love love Greek mythology, and I kept forgetting to mention this when we were talking about, um, you know, the last trilogy, not the trilogy, sorry, the last series we covered, uh, Fate of the Jedi, where Callista Ming is brought into the story. So I kind of have this crazy theory where, so the concept of Callista is. You know, a Jedi who becomes this whole, like, computer system within a ship in Barbara Hadley's, you know, uh, um, Children of the Jedi. And when you look Palpatine, I believe. Yeah. So in Xena, there's this kind of, like, antagonist character for her, like, this hot blonde known as Callisto. And so Callista... Callist slash Callisto is a nymph from, you know, Greek mythology who eventually, even though Zeus is her great, great grandfather, he does sleep with her and produces a son. And then when, he- when Hera, his wife is, finds out about this, she gets pissed off and gets that girl's son to try to kill him, kill her. Sorry. And eventually she becomes a constellation of the stars. She becomes the Ursa major, but in the Xena warrior princess, Callisto is like this antagonist female who Xena's always fighting against and she gets killed off, eventually comes back to life as a goddess and then somehow is reborn through Xena as like this baby and becomes quote Eve. So it's Xena's baby. And like, and I just found there's so much similarities between Xena warrior princess and the Star Wars stories of, <laughs> of this woman being reborn into this whole different character and giving herself like this goddess kind of character and 
you know, this appeal of, you know, you can't really touch me anymore, but I don't know. It was just a crazy theory that I kept thinking about of how I watched this as a child and then reading this, you know, decades later, kind of going, huh, I remember this character, but in a weird way and how you see her become Abeloth. So wow. it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a crazy fan theory. I don't think anyone has thought about it except, <laughs> except me. <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. <laughs> but it's interesting though. So, yeah, I know. It's very bizarre. It's very, it's a, it's, it's one of those ones where, yeah, who knows? Who knows what I was thinking when I thought of that? <laughs> so. <laughs> but like Abeloth, so you, Kyle, are very well affiliated with Abeloth and, and you actually have a really good um, kind of bio about Abeloth on our website. If fans want to take a listen, you know, take some time and read that. Um, if you wanted to talk a bit about her, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Oh, Abeloth. Yeah. One, um, absolutely. I'll, I'll, um, pretty much like she was one of my, my favorite characters out of the series. I know, um, uh, as far as fate of the Jedi is concerned, and that's pretty controversial to say because people, uh, I think misunderstood her, but yeah, yeah very large fan of her. Um, the, the the symbolism um that she represented as far as them finally having to come up against a uh primordial force uh or or god rather uh was was just if you really look in between the lines as as far as uh dark nest and everything else you're you're kind of seeing this this shift into the greater uh, cosmic realm of the of the universe things are and that that, mm -hmm. that may not it didn't exactly drive well because of the way that they released the material in my opinion okay. um but like so that's that's kind of why she's typically misunderstood but uh the build-up is is truly there for her character to um to more or less and excuse my language but raise raise hell by the time um by the time we get to fate of the jedi yeah. and that that was probably that was the, the the source of of the the paper that i wrote uh beloved queen of the stars for her because there you can track it all the way into the in the new jedi order um and it's interesting how all of the retcons of soon uh, or um, occurred too around that regarding the sith and the coming of this this dark being um you know, you can you see it with with the the, the when the Jedi are in the, on the run, and and of course we all know the story that they pretty much get exposed to to her uh, to Avaloth when they're at the mall. But that um, I think like her her I'm sorry I'm like getting all over the place because I I, I actually have so much to say on her on her topic. Um, but her the the mystery of where she's at and the reasoning behind her character is is probably more um, important and interesting to me and why I ended up loving it so much than like the actual character that we see in the series because I mean <laughs> she was definitely super powered and, and I understood what what a, a lot of common criticisms were was that it's just like come on you know <laughs> like fighting a god is just like a little bit over the top but the reason she's there and the reason why the Kelix, um were, were this special race that just kind of seemed to, to disappear. Um, watching over uh, the, the maw that it ended up being like this cage for, for a you know, primordial god of importance that like actually did 
um, bleed the universe, you know? Um, and it, it's, so I, I think that like, it's one of those kind of between the lines that you have to really like uh, research yeah. everything developed around her, including, um, you know, not to shoehorn it in too much, but including supernatural encounters, because there is definitely um, some information within that with the previous version and the one that's going to be published in this, this year um, concerning more information about her. So anybody who's, who's uh, curious about um, further origins than just the fate of the Jedi series and really kicking it back into, to the beginning of the timeline, um, there are secrets within the work, you know, and you can find them. You just got to read it. And uh, I guess like, I'm, I'm going to wrap up here cause I'm just going to keep, uh, <laughs> going on a tangent because she's just so important um, and the symbolism that how, how the one Sith um, and the, the New Jedi Order uh, essentially had to or uh, the symbolism of that act of them joining forces to take her down it's all um, it's all mythic proportions you know and I don't think that like uh, Denning has said that he didn't know that that was all going to be the end of the, you know, uh, obviously of the timeline, but I, I think, and there was so much more to come because Avaloth was just the start. It feels, you know, um, yeah, she was just the start and like, not to get too into details that um, I'm not supposed to talk about concerning like the project that I'm working on at the moment because it's not released, but, um, but there, there's, there's more to it. There's just, there's just simply more to it. And once you get there and, and caught up to speed, it's going to be like the, the star Wars universe is so much um, more connected and intricate than, than we may realize. And it's just like, that was kind of the thing. Like I actually think the fate of the Jedi with, especially concentrating on Abeloth was actually the most, um, uh, what's the words that I'm looking for? It's, it's like, it was made for the, the deep, um, deeply committed, fans whether or not it went over their heads or not or they just didn't appreciate it um it was actually made for them because it's a culmination of everything that was established from from the bantam era the um of, of course you know the bantam era uh, you, you mentioned hambly earlier very influential uh in the series uh and it, it connects a lot of ideas that were were tying back to the marvel universe that a lot of people tend to um well, I mean, not necessarily, I can't say that a lot of people tend to do anything, I guess. Uh, but some people don't necessarily count that as like, you know, the canon status of uh, when, when that was the label for such things. Um, but it, it, it brings all of what was forgotten before and kind of just kind of mold over a little bit. It makes everything relevant. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap up my tangent on, on Abeloth for now. Um, but yeah, her, her existence is just so important. And, um, and I think it's just one of those things that like, it's, it's sometimes just the way that it did get presented during the times it's, you got to like kind of take it for what it is a little bit tongue in cheek when, when she is involved in, in the books. But, uh, what she represents is this, this, uh, the, like kind of like the, the secret of the whole EU that they built in hindsight, you know, hindsight's 2020 and the EU is technically like. Uh, stalled for the moment so looking back on it it's just like actually it's a real it's a really nice pinnacle and um her existence toward the end and wrapping everything up you know crate and luke not giving the spoilers away for anybody but we have covered the stories and quite extensively in the past but um wrapping it up in the way that they did was actually uh a, if it had to be the end i'll, I'll take it 
Yeah, I remember, you know, first reading that book with Troy Denning and how he mentioned like the father and the son and the daughter and just being so excited from being, you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Clone Wars series and seeing that tied in to Legends while I thought Legends had ended, you know, it was just like, wow, this is so great to actually see like start like Star Wars connected to each other properly at this point so you know I thought that was just like such a wonderful tie-in that they were able to do that in the series and a lot of that came down to what Troy Denning did at at that time in the book so which is really fantastic but but yeah yeah Yeah, Troy Denning deserves a lot of credit too um I mean I I know that there's uh some people who who claim that it's the Denning verse at the the tail end of the timeline but um he actually did uh I think he's just as influential as um as Anderson in his own way, because the darkness trilogy sets up um, a lot more than, than what we give it credit for. Uh, just to throw that out there. Sorry. Random. Tandem. No, I we, know, mentioned, I... we mentioned Denning and it's just like, you know, every <laughs> you and me go back and forth with a couple tongue and cheek jokes here and there about it, but, yeah. <laughs> but like credits do where credits do. <laughs> yeah, it's on my long list of like, I, I'm not prepared to read it. <laughs> I will eventually read it. So it, it will been happen. saying that for years. <laughs> yeah, I've been for years and it'll happen and it'll be the day. And I'm sure, you know, it'll probably all enjoy it. And that's what I'll be like. Oh, darn it. <laughs> yeah. I had to make sure that we got, we, we somehow uh, got dark nest in there. <laughs> for this podcast exactly. you know I, I understand it's very relevant to the stories and you know like stuff i've been talking about in my own kind of thing what i've been working on is i got to the point where i was like oh no i have to refer to the killix on something and i was like no oh yeah <laughs> like i don't want to but then it just it's just it's just what happened like i was just writing and it it just came out but uh so you know, things that I've been thinking about, like what I really love about Legends is like there's just still so much more that I have yet to, to discover reading this series. And it's just like I really want to go into I know it's kind of silly, but like I really want to go into like the Scholastic book series because like that's something I didn't get to read. Oh, that's fantastic. As and, you know, like I have no problem reading them as an adult. And, you know, like I want to get more into what there was like during the clone wars and like i think is that a lot of the material about you know like that other woman that obi-wan loved i think that's where it came from was the scholastic series i believe you're correct like it's been a it's been a hot minute since i've i've read the series but um yeah when it was the the jedi quest series i believe he had interest um in a female jedi yeah, so because I knew and, and things didn't end well. Kind of potential love. Yeah. Well, when does anything end well with Obi Wan? Come on. <laughs> Fair like, enough. <laughs> his life uh. is meant to be depressing. Like, <laughs> oh, poor Obi Wan. Um, Indeed. Yeah. You know, but like, and that's what like, like book certain books that I've just been so floored about reading, like Shatterpoint as as in a, a prime example is just. If I couldn't push that book onto others, it's like I read. <laughs> wow, this story is fantastic. It's so realistic, in it's in the terms of the style that it's writing, and 
you know, like it's it's something that you you feel yourself being entrapped in this story, reading Shatterpoint by Matthew Sober and following the steps of Mace Windu on his own home world that he's abandoned over the years, becoming a Jedi and you know, going after his Padawan. And it's like what a wonderful book. And oh. you know, like I think it's probably in my top ten of Legends books at this point, maybe even top five. I just think it's such a good story. Wow, top top five. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, I I completely agree that it's it's an incredible story. Top top twenty, absolutely for me for me over here. <laughs> but um, absolutely though, it, it was a uh, it was the apocalypse now of Star Wars. Um, exactly. Stater, uh, in, in 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 his own way, outdid himself, and um, I loved everything about the the origin of the planet and the fact that it, they were all descendants of former or uh, not former, but uh, Jedi Knights from the past. Very uh, very cool setup there that they had going on with the the world building that they were able to accomplish in in one novel. Um, that that was the the key for the whole thing for me. Um, you know, and and of course, like like Vaster and the like the the Gosh, Gosh, Lord, you know, like, yeah, the Gosh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was all just so the, the world bending was incredible. And then, um, you know, I happen to like a lot of movies that that are are uh, you know tend to be grim about uh, other parts of the world, and it's just like that's where it took you there, and it's just like into this foreign place. But it's just like, yeah. but again, that that apocalypse uh, now theme really came through. And um, I think that it, I think that that novel brings you closer in modern terms to the truth of uh, the truth of, of man than most books do. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, uh, as far as the, the EU is concerned, I mean, it, it, it's pretty grisly um, in particular. It's kind of like the, the Jedi version of lost tribes of the Sith, because like with lost tribes, like you have a ship, crash and they have no way off that world because of lack of technology but if the jedi crashed on this world they were able to at least become jedi again in in mace windu so like yeah you know which is an interesting kind of concept like what if what if the lost tribe had been successful decades and centuries before you know we obviously wouldn't get characters like Vistara Kai coming back and being the lover for Ben Skywalker and you know the and the reason for Abeloth being so successful during that last kind of bout of when she was trying to take over the galaxy so you know it's 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 interesting when you you can kind of get these kind of books that are thrown in and you're just like oh if it had been slightly different this would change all of what we know about Star Wars. Everything. Exactly. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I, I do want to talk about um, one of my kind of favorite moments in Star Wars. And I kind of talked about it with Kyle earlier when we were just kind of before the show. And it's it's the scene of Mara Jade of when she finally is killed by Darth Kydus on Cavan and in the book Sacrificed by Karen Travis. And I have since associated a piece of music with this whole death scene. And I just absolutely love, love this piece of music because of it. And listeners, if you can hear this music, I'm just playing it in the background, but it's it's Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 7, uh, Opus Number. No. 92 the second movement in allegretto and it's become mara jade in the way she moves the way she would confront darth cadis like first you start with like the violins and the cellos and it starts to build up and you bring in like the second violins and just the way it becomes so powerful and then you know that is the moment when Darth Kaidus, you know, he takes that poison dart and he shoves it into her leg. And he's like, it's done. It's finally done. I've conquered my fear. I have killed in order to, you know, become a Darth Lord and killed what is most important to me, which is the love of, like, Ben. Anyways, that's just a powerful moment for me in Star Wars. And, you know, I think it's okay to associate with moments in your life and with Star Wars. And even if it's music to that kind of degree. But how how do you feel for, like, such a powerful scene um, with Mara's death? Like, I don't know how much it affected you or, you know, the thoughts you've kind of gone through. Oh, as far as Mara's death. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware that it was coming. Um, I, I bought, I bought the novel, uh, as it came out <clears throat> and that was, um, that was, that was pretty earth shattering. I did. I, I mean, like I purposely avoided all spoilers and I was pretty psyched that she was on the front cover. And then I, th- I think it actually took me out for about a month, uh, after, after reading it. And I was not, I've never been the fan to just like, like hate anything. I, I loved the way that she passed. Um, 
I hate oh, I'm not not the way that she literally died because that was a cheap move, Jason. Eyes on you, buddy. Um, oh, you know, but you. as far as just the, like I know what that meant for the universe because like as far as coming up in it, um, you know, middle school and the high school and and whatnot, like the NJO was considered uh, shattering at that point. You know, so by the time we get to um, like it's force, it's like. I was expecting things to go down and it's just like, all right. Like, you know, we, I remember the contest when everybody was writing in to like figure out what, what Cadis's name was going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they didn't know it was going to be Cadis yet. Um, but, and that was just a uh, fan submission. So, I mean, like, you know, it was definitely out there and we knew, we knew that it's still like, all right, if Jason's going to be um, a Sith of any kind, that things are going to go down. But I did, I admit like Travis got me. I did not see Mara coming. Yeah, definitely thought it was going to be somebody else, or if not worse, I thought it was going to be Jason, or um, I'm sorry, uh, Jaina, yeah, um, or or something. Um, I thought if anything, I was like maybe he'll like he'll have to like kill Tenelka, and like being a fan who also mm -hmm. grew up with with like all of the the Young Jedi Knight series and whatnot, I love how the universe evolved from the point of Delray on, um, because it didn't sacrifice anything that came before it. It was all relevant. It was so good. Um, Absolutely. And so, like, Tenel Cobb was like, I, I, like, you know, if you're familiar with the verse, it's like, she's actually a really big character. Same with, like, Tahiri and whatnot. Like, those are actually, like, heavy-hitting characters. Lobaka, all of them. So, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be the death of, Ken of uh, Tenel Cobb. Like, watch, we're going to go over to Hapes and things are going to get crazy because, I mean, it's, it's and then, um, and then the pages turned and you're like, you lay there stunned. I definitely remember putting the book down just for a minute, just to be able to process it, um, because it it it, uh, it it rocked my world for a minute. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, uh, I, as far as associating music, trying to get back to what you were saying before, um, you know, I I don't I don't typically uh, feel that way, but I definitely have like uh, moments of there'll be classical music and, and things of, of the, the tragic nature will play. And, and like, it will run past my head. If something sounds dark enough for whatever reason, mm -hmm. then like, I'll start thinking of like, like random character deaths, like Gana Rysody or Rysode, however you, people say it. Right, but, yeah. um, yeah, I think, I think Randy said it like, um, uh, Rysody, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. And, and, because it's just it, like you were kind of uh i'm trying to tie it all together here you were trying to talk about um like lore with xena and just just greek mythology and whatnot and like the death of all these characters and the way that things go down is very much so um that epic scale in your brain and and when you think of star wars and as a whole and this whole space opera like classical music tends to put you in that space too like um to be able to, yeah. to, to conceive something that big of an idea classical music kind of puts you there so yeah i guess like to to wrap it up mara's death and whatnot like uh classical music tends to make me feel kind of certain way about star wars when i hear it i have those moments and mara's death was uh <laughs> was, was yeah. a really large kick to the gut it was you know like i have one moment i think i took the moment of like chewbacca's death in um r.i salvatore's you know prime uh what was the first book of the new Jedi Order book? Vector Prime. Series. Vector Prime, yes. So I was, you know, I was commuting home from work and I remember reading this on the subway and just being in tears and just crying so hard that I missed my spot 
and I got off at the wrong station, had to go back and then miss another spot and then got out, walked the wrong direction because I was still crying. And then I <laughs> walked straight to the bookstore and was like, I need the next in the series, please. Chewbacca died. And the guy looked at me and he's like, uh, spoilers. I was like, first of all, you work in a bookstore and <laughs> it's been out for 10 years. So I have no worries about spoilers. <laughs> 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 like, right. I was just so, so heartbroken in that moment. And I had another similar kind of uh, interaction when I was you know, commuting home from work. And it was during the Sabak tournament uh, where Darth Bane, before he becomes a Sith Lord, you know, it's like the first kind of couple chapters of the book of when he's in that Sabak tournament. And I was so into it that I almost walked into a pole. <laughs> I, was, I was reading and walking and I was like I understand I look like what I look like but I was just so engrossed in the book and I was like oh my goodness you know obviously Bane is successful because Bane is Bane and hair flip he's fantastic but <laughs> <laughs> so okay so here here's the question here's the question right now if you could pick your favorite power couple of Star Wars who do you think it would be? So I've kind of like compiled a list of Han and Leia, Luke Mara, Bane and Zana. You know, like I know they're not a couple, but you know, they're a partnership. Uh, Galen, Merrick, and Juno Eclipse, Jaina, Jag, Zek. Because let's be real, that's kind of a trio during the legacy of the series. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. It was weird. It was weird. Even her parents Yo, Zek, like, Zek goes weird. on some adventures, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a comment, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, ben and Sarah, because obviously they're a power couple, but, and then Revan and Bastila Sean. So, I still say my favorite couple has to be Han and Leia because like you get this kind of you know, you you get Leia's character and she's so much more like Carrie in some moments that I I don't understand how, how well she transferred to screen to book and you know like you you see this relationship of like Han and Leia where Han struggles after the death of Anakin obviously much more than Leia does and Leia is able to brace it because she's a strong female powerful character and eventually they kind of reunite and especially in legacy of the force where you know they're they're being hunted down by their own son and their own friends that their son knows is killed deliberately through his actions like you know when you get um oh i just blanked on their names if you could fill me in here kyle the the Nagri. Oh, yeah. You know, like his, with Jason's actions becoming Darth Kratos, you know, shooting at the ship and then eventually saying, um, oh, well, Cockman we could. Cockman and Meewall? Yes, Cockman and Meewall. And it's just like, we could. Sorry, it took me a like, second. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Like, you know, it, like, it's just like, he's saying, we could exonerate my parents, but, but, you know, due to politics, we can't. So therefore, they're so wanted by the Republic for aiding, you know, so-and-so and doing this for the Corellian government, which is just craziness. But like Han and Leia, through this whole point in the series, 
we're so amazingly intensely in love to each other that I'm just like that's how I want to be at that age and just like I just like I fell in love with Leia even more and I'm a huge Carrie Fisher fan so uh, you know it's just like I love this I love how much the books portrayed her as this strong character that no one could ever find fault with and that she is always prepared to do the worst and the best because that is always what she can do so in conclusion i find them the best couple but you know like i don't know who you think um who are amazing in star wars in terms of love and couples oh goodness well okay so I, I might just have to like break it down just to give an honest answer because I don't know if I can just say one or even two. Um, as far as the cinematic universe, you, you know, you have to go with with uh, Han and Leia. I I can second everything you just said because that's um, the the true core of like like a, a over a book series this long. Um, you know the the way that they fell in and out, especially after after Chewie. Um, it was just so realistic and dark but that's that's what happens and um yeah so i i would almost have to rope him in because it feels like sacrilegious to not include luke and mara because it's just like that's just like the yeah. skywalker solo dynasty so as those are as far as the big the big powerhouse couples you have to go there i, I did love your mention about revan and, and bastila because that that was just a that was a tragedy like bastila really yeah. does just always wait for him to come home and he just never does mm -hmm. but um, as far as just like, is is and it's gonna sound, um, I mean like it's not like necessarily a popular opinion, but I think that my favorite romantic love interest that occurred just because it was, uh, just because it was so tragic, was um the Tahiri and Anakin, um, oh, I relationship that, that yeah. that's probably to this day, um, be because Star by Star was like. Uh, I mean, you know, talk, say what you want about that thing, but that was like a, a, a classic and, um, the power of, of his death and, and that, that unrequainted love that was also just further deepened somehow, you know what I mean? Of course we did the flow walking and it's just like, so they even came back to it to make it like really dig and that actually, yeah, that made me cry the first time I read, um, Jason's manipulation of Tiri because that uh that that was just that it just wasn't fair and it was just so evil and like you knew right then and there that if you can do this to people like you know obviously there were other other tells that were so much worse than than tahiri but like that one just like kind of really like drove it home for me for some reason yeah so that they would probably have to be my favorite like um you know a uh, couple like that but then there's also like like uh kyle katarn and oars you know i love them just as far as like fun couples as well like i know that i'm kind of branching away from the favorites necessarily but like just fun ones okay. that are awesome the the uh cam and tione solsar like you know then you got the, the yeah. sunrider absolutely um, yeah um but yeah i can digress hmm. um i definitely yeah, forgot about the whole tahiri Anakin elements, you know, like, and that's what's beautiful about the legacy series is like it's bringing back that whole moment where like she had that, she had she she was able to have that kiss that she never had when he was dying, 
during the new Jedi order. And she finally achieved that. And just her, like her watching that happen and just suffering because of that. And he took advantage of her and she was such a victim because of it. And like, it, I like, it was definitely hard to kind of accept her as a victim because of what she did and what she chose to do and siding with him. But it's like, how, how could, you know, like, how can you really fault her when she wanted so much to love this man that had died? And her, yeah. his brother was saying, I can give you this moment together. Mm-hmm. And the familial you know, connection was... It's, yeah, like, why would she go against that? Like, you have been... He, ha- he was everything to me. And you can offer me just a little bit more of that. You know, like, that's just, uh, Jason, love to hate him. And there's so many reasons you love to hate him. And that is a big part of it. (laughs) Yeah. I can say that's probably one of my, my, my least favorite, um, uh, SW relationships is definitely, uh, Jason and, and Tenelka just because of like how the fact that how it breaks down at first, you're so excited and you're like, oh, but (laughs) Yeah, uh, you, you. Her response me, to it, though. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. You, you going? No, you've sent me one of the books of like the new Jedi Order. So that's kind of one thing. Like, I really, I'm looking forward to kind of establishing that connection between Jason and Tunnel. And like, and he cut off her arm. I don't really know the whole circumstances of that, but he was. It the was. Cause do of you want to know, or do you want to just read it on your own? No, yeah, just tell me. Tell me. I want to know. Oh, okay. No, it was. Um, it was a. Uh, uh, about they were training and it was an accident. I'm not surprised. So, so yeah, between between uh Jason and Tunnel. So and then and you see she, like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you go. Why does she choose to never have a prosthetic arm? Uh that that's just her, her thing. Okay. Yep. It's her thing. Like, it's just, she, I, I think it is, I'm sorry to not have a better answer than that at the current moment, because there is, um, there actually is like, like, uh, explanations to her thoughts because you become closer to the character, um, in that, in, in the series of, uh, Young Jedi Knights and NJO. Yeah. Um, and she, she does like give you like a logical reasoning behind it. And I'm pretty sure it's just like that warrior mentality. Yeah. I mean, like the, the woman has a, a rancor tooth as her lightsaber you know yeah well i can see that you know she's a very strong fierce female character yeah which by the way like like, kick-ass kind of character and i i really liked tanaka and obviously you know her relationship with her daughter which is so heartbreaking that they spent so many years apart pretending that neither existed to each other but it ultimately is kind of like resurrected, you know, like that's, that's, that is one of the beauty elements of the legend series. It's like, you get all these heartbreaks and some form of restitution before it was completely ended. And, you know, I think that's, what's wonderful about this the book series. Yeah. You were saying, sorry. No, no, I, I was just, I was just agreeing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I do want to say that, you know, through a lot of 
a lot of expanded universe and the legends and you know like there's still a lot of stuff i want to cover like i and fully intend i'm talking about like the comic series you know going into cave skywalker talking about oh, the yeah. Scholastic book series you know like i'm very interested in cave skywalker don't get me wrong like i absolutely find him an intriguing character but you know like there's a couple of characters i really love in star wars and i know i've talked about it before in the show but I really like ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about ship. Maybe it's my like weird love of inanimate objects, but um, you know, like he's got this great kind of character to him, which is like a no nonsense attitude of like, I'll help you, but I'm not really going to help you. <laughs> 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 so you know like and, and that moment where like he ben finds ship on zayas and like you discover this whole kind of like ancient history to the sith and which is really fascinating and it's just that's kind of where i want to know more about star wars it's just like how did ship come to be what is it about ship that led him to be left alone on zayas and then him becoming such an integral part of what, you know, for Abeloth, you know, being like the vessel for him, for her. And then obviously, you know, her kind of taking Vistara and Ben in that ship and ship just helping out Vistara more than he would help out Abeloth. So, you know. I don't know if that's something you you guys talk about uh, in your kind of project at all, but I think ship should be part of it. Oh, you're referring to to uh, to supernatural encounters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's awesome. Um, I, again, I can't I can't speak too much of the the project at this time in respect to to Joe and the team, but yeah. um, but if I I think that it's still safe to say that um. If it is Sith lore that you are looking for, then when when the expanded edition is is published, um, I think you will be very very pleased. <laughs> and it's yeah, not, you mentioned it's not there. If it's not there, uh, I'll that's what I'll be coming down to. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. If it's not there, then I'll write about ship. <laughs> that's fair that's fair <laughs> no promises on on ship um but as as far as as far as the um as far as what and where he was from i mean like you know there, there there's 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 so much to um there's so much to it. Like, again, I, th this is kind of the reason I, I don't want to go on a too much of a tangent, but I truly believe in the work that I'm doing um, with with the team. Who, who, by the way, is you know George or uh, <laughs> George? Oh my gosh! Oh, you have to edit that part out of the uh, of the podcast. But Joe, <laughs> Buongiorno, <laughs> um, is obviously the the author, and the team is is um, is Ed and patrick harry and um and ryan um and i and i don't want i don't want to like disclose too much information about the project but um 
Wait, save, save me, save me here real quick. Oh yeah, I'm so I'm so sorry. Okay, you'll have to go back on that on the recording just a smidgey for me, Randy. But um, yeah, going back to it, I just wanted to give them all a, a, a quick shout out real quick. But um, I think that a lot of the answers to what you're seeking, it's just like we would have gotten it more uh, concrete and and um, understandable if if Supernatural Encounters was published before the Fate of the Jedi series. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the answers about about the the Sith, like you were talking about, I'm trying to get back to that point before I go on another tangent again. Um, the the spiritual uh, the spiritual side of the Force is going to to really be uh, prominent. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, can you can you back that up a little bit for me later on? <laughs> Not to break character um, here. Yeah, I mean, in terms of spirituality, what are you like referring to? Just kind of. Um. Again, I'm I'm kind of, I'm trying to get myself back on on my. Uh, my train of thought here but as far as just like the the path that's following um i'm trying to stay on that that uh we were talking about the sith and and going back to ship and just like where he's from and and the yeah. importance of that era of of the verse um and why something like ship would even exist in the first place um when when that novel comes out this year there, there's going to be a lot of explanation to a lot of the reasonings behind the these strange anomalies that we just get, like things like ship, Abeloth, all these things that don't seem to like make much sense in their their context. Um, yeah, I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of fans who are happy that that um, things tend to make sense after they complete reading it. Well, the one thing about how books generally have been written through history, so as a kind of minor historian myself, is that, you know, it's often written by the victor. And, you know, like, obviously the Jedi have been the victor throughout the, you know, New Republic kind of age, being able to wipe out the Sith, even though they did not consequentially wipe out the Sith that was on cause of Darth Bane doing that through um, the thought bubble and things like that but if we could kind of recreate Ab like Abeloth and and ship it's just you know like that's that's the history we're not able to achieve because we just don't know it because the Jedi wrote a lot of the history we know of as of today. And that is what I've always kind of saying has been the fault of the Jedi is they selectively piece together stories and put it forward and go, well, this is what you need to know about. And this is what you need to think about and not focus on things like hatred and, and the kind of angst that you can feel from situations. And obviously we forget about, certain elements of the past because the Jedi are quick to dis dismiss it essentially. So obviously ship would, was probably in one of those kind of situations where, you know, he's just what a training vessel for Sith apprentices. So like if the Sith were able to create such a technology as like a ship who could respond to thoughts and patterns of someone who has hatred and all these kind of longing sensations in their own heart and their thought patterns. It's just like, what really was the level of the Sith that they had achieved that by the fault of Bane and of the Jedi were able to end 
at that point where it's just like, what did they, what level were they really at? Which is what I find most fascinating about the Sith. And it's just, and that's the huge problem about the Jedi is just, they're so quick to dismiss everything about the Sith because they're considered evil and things like that. It's like, but look at what they created technologically. Like they had Shep who was able to obey the commands of the strongest force user. And yet, you know, like he was powerful in himself. Like he could create weapons that no one quite understood through just a thought. But they kind of reversed themselves in technology because they were just, we don't want to go that far. And that's what's just crazy about the Star Wars universe. And I absolutely love, but it's always come down to who is the victor and what we've eliminated from your knowledge because we will not allow that to pass any further. You know what I mean? I do. There is there is so much to say to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much to say. Um, once again, once you read this upcoming novel, I think that you'll be very satisfied with with your conclusions from, that you can draw from it. But I think it is also say to say um, that you can visit other sources, um, even like the, the book of the Sith uh, that it has been published, and you you can you can tell even even then that like there were Sith that were able to um, use dark side alchemy and and um, cre- create like various like uh uh force sensitive machines and just just the most bizarre of the bizarre um and you can see it in the old republic like so there there is something to what you're saying as far as uh if you can look at the dawn of of the jedi series that came out by by ostrander and um and you can see then that the duality is not split at that point at 25 uh or 35 i'm sorry uh thousand years in the past you can tell that at that point that the ideology has not split apart yet and they are um actually making they made a crazy ring uh winged rancor you know so that there is there is a lot of validity into what you're saying because the jedi actually did rewrite um history and you can can even look there's a winged rancor Maybe (laughs) no spoilers. (laughs) That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's just like a rancor flying around like a dragon. Like that's intense. That's intense. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there were there were schools of thought um, on Tython, and they were still experimenting. So you can even see from like. The beginning of of what was considered like force users and whatnot um coming together they were they were using their 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 powers and abilities to figure these kind of machinations out as far so as like as far as like the ancient times and it, and even potentially before that obviously um living organic machines weren't so out of the question especially if they were manipulated um into creation by the dark side and Oh, there's so much I want to talk to you about what's coming up, but we'll have to wait for the future <sighs> conversations. But you, there is plenty of lore that you can look at when you can see that, um, and, and like you know, look up leviathans, and they're the ability for them to create for for Sith in the past to create um, abhorrent 
creations. Um, the, the ancient Sith were so much more powerful and there, there, there was a reason why the Jedi, um, broke off from them, you know, like the, the legions of Latau, that was like the, the schism. Um, because they, they decided, like you were saying, they decided that they were going to progress further in, in the dark side. And that was, if you can imagine that like the school of thought before was to be gray light and dark side, like they were just simply really taking things to a twisted level because like the Sith at that point became, um, fascinated in the idea of life after death. So, you know, you can, you can see where, where dark science and alchemy and, um, in the dark, the dark arts altogether would, would take all that. That's, that's what, uh, caused the, the schism is because they, they were simply too invested in such things. So it's, it is kind of strange because, you know, you are right because like the, the, the Jedi did have the same history at one point, but after the breakaway, they decided to. I think that I think their style of erasing things um, is yeah. definitely what they tried to do. You know what I mean? Kind of like a crusade because it's just erase evil as opposed to preach and learn from it. Um, and that was inevitably the the downside of of their their religion. <laughs> you know, um, trying to trying to not not necessarily like cover the truth, but um, but they they did <laughs> in fact cover yeah. the truth. And they, they, they wrote off their Sith brethren. Um, and that's also like living in, in pacifism. Cause like, we know, we know without um, going into any spoilers that, that Sith persisted um, in different colonies. You, you can call them, um, you know, groups of, of uh, vagabonds or, or um, how, what you warlords, they, they were all over the place, you know? Um, so they never, they never really were able to like, even if they weren't Sith anymore, you know, they were still like dark side cults and they were never able to, um, to completely eradicate it. But the, they, they did like clear the way, if you would, for, for uh, the Republic. And they figured anything out there, you know, beyond their territory, it's just like, it's not their problem. But, yeah. you know, and, and that, that's, that's kind of their downfall. Is just like, and that's, you can go into the, the Knights of the Old Republic and it's just like, that's what happened with, with Revan and Malik is that they, they did go beyond the fringe and they found that that Sith empire that the Jedi ignored, you know, they found it and then he, he turned them. And so, you know, that, that's kind of like their, their thing is like their, their pacifistic dogma, like to acknowledge, like they just, they refuse to acknowledge the truth, um, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they'd prefer to handle the problem and erase it as if it doesn't happen. But once you take that from the history books, things do look a little skewed. Well, even like with an example, talking about like um, Darth Belia Darzu, you know, when, when Darth Bane goes to Tython and he kind of encounter, you know, in his pursuit of finding a new Sith holocron, he finds that kind of fortress where she had created these like techno beasts of mm -hmm. like animals and cyborgs together and he has to fight them and then fight the Jedi in order to like get out of there and like which which is such an intense scene, of course. But um Oh yeah. Like and it's just like you get these kind of moments that like just like a brief moment of the Sith history that we're still allowed to have. And 
you just like you wonder about the technology that they're able to kind of proceed with compared to what you see with like the Jedi elements and you know like I don't know what she was thinking about using on these animals of the and created these cyborgs but you know it was it was pretty intense and like and I think that's where like ship kind of derives from or like he but ship himself is like he's not just a machine like he is someone who can think for himself and come to reasoning and and that's what the beauty of his character really is it's just he agrees with the star kai and he understands ben skywalker because he comes from someone who has been fallen you know being referring to mara jane when she was you know, like the assassin for Palpatine and, you know, like, and that's the beauty of this kind of like moments that you get in Star Wars where like you get this deep appreciation for both the light and the dark side and how it's more of a unity than it is just separate. And that's the problem with the Jedi is like, they're always trying to be separate and saying we cannot look to the dark side. It's like, well, you're, you're thinking it's not strong enough because you ignore everything. What is what is hatred and what is evil? But you have to understand it in order to actually be good leaders, you know. And 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 I just find like that's a big part of Star Wars, and it's just it can help you kind of in our kind of especially time and age. And it's something that Cole and I have talked about, especially with the fate of the Jedi, where like they would suddenly be on a world and they would have like like a plague going on and we're like we don't want to talk about a plague because of just you know our current timeline of being in our own plague and you know like the politics that you know admiral dalla would bring upon the galaxy of like hatred and evil which is very similar to what of course we've been going through and what the world has been going through because of one country and it's just you know it's just it's it's what's what is the beauty of Star Wars, but to keep us going and to remind us that through the many voices of the different authors, it's that there's so many different channels that we can connect to and always connect to. And that's why I just always love to escape into Star Wars for that very reason. Yeah. If that makes yeah, it's- sense. It makes perfect sense. It's it's um, you know, it's a you look at that and it's a reflection of the world you see out there, and it it kind of uh helps you place perspective on it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I did want to ask if you could pick. You may need a moment to think about this. If you oh, could okay. pick like five characters to be like your A team, who do you think you would pick? So I, I've kind of mentioned on the show before, like I would pick um, probably Mara as one of them because she's amazing. Bane, um, definitely. Uh, well, you know, who who would you pick if you could think about it? Like a super team. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that is a tough question. That is a tough question. Oh, okay, okay. Well, so if, if you're going to have to go through... Wait, wait, wait. Are there rules to it? Can it be... No. Is it cinematic universe or is this EU-only universe? Uh, EU? Preferably. EU-only. Oh, okay, okay. That makes it so much 
Carter. But I mean, <laughs> characters that are part of you could also be from the cinema. So, yes. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to have to say Kyle Katarn just because, come on. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the Chuck Norris of Star Wars is just, you know, <laughs> I, he just has to be there. Okay, yes. You know. And then if, if you bring along Katarn, then you, well, you're going to have to bring along Mara Jade and Luke, right? Because, yeah. come on. <laughs> that's three. You got, you got two more left. And then it's just like that's that's where it gets a little bit more tricky. That's where it's harder. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. So I picked that's all. That's all. Huh? I picked Thrawn because Thrawn is like, why wouldn't you want him on your side? He's the smartest. Yeah. The I feel like I almost have to make a light and a dark side team. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So my my hypothetical light side team here. I'm gonna roll with it. A team, right? You pick the best of the best. Doesn't matter their affiliation. Oh, Darth Nihilus. Mm. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, yeah, just Darth Nihilus. I think that's enough said. Um, <laughs> and um, and then you know, just just for the sake of uh, XR Coon. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Solid characters. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> what What are your top five? You said uh, Thrawn, Mara, Saba, Sabatine. I just love her character. You know, she's such a powerhouse. Yeah, it's this. You know, like I don't know what it is about her laughing all the time. Just cracks me up. Um, obviously, I have to pick Vader because he's like the love of my life. But <laughs> true. Um, maybe ship, you know, ship I can throw in there. Hey, he said he counts. He's a valuable ally, you know, he's got his own thought patterns, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So, I got the aerial advantage, exactly. Exactly. I do want to ask, like, okay, so when people ask you, when it comes to like Star Wars books, what is it? about the books that you recommend and which books do you normally recommend to people? Huh. Um, well, I think that it, you have to read people sometimes too, because depending on where they're coming from, that kind of helps. But I think that like, just to generally answer the question, um, I actually don't point people toward um, the Thrawn trilogy right away, to be honest. It depends That's on like, right. like, yeah, it depends on how much they they really love the universe because it's just like, hey, if somebody's like up and coming and they're just like, yeah, I'm really excited and enthusiastic, I'll be like, well, go to the NJO for the pure the the pure sake of everything really? that kind of happened in the Bantam era is brought in. So it actually from front to back, like you get a good bit about uh, of you get a good bit of the history that occurs. Um, if you really read all of them, you probably can't appreciate it as much. So that's kind of the downside. But um, I do love like recommending NJO to people um, because it's, it's a commitment, but obviously just for like, like casual, like, um, you know, recommendations uh, for like a a one shot or just, you know, like, Hey, something's cool. Um, The Bane trilogy for sure. Plagueis, because those are, I I feel like everybody says those answers. So um, I do try to like, like think of more things that are creative, but depending on the person, actually, um, I, I like to put forth Republic commando, 
Um, mm, yeah. I, I really, I like to put that one forth a lot because I think that that helps people understand the prequels a whole lot more. Um, so I, I, that's actually like one of my probably more common ones is Republic Commando, Hard Contact. And then it's like, I've, that's actually worked on a couple different people and, and they've ended up finishing the whole series because they just couldn't stop reading it knowing that there was more to it. Oh, <laughs> Aaron Travis is one of the best Star Wars writers, bar none, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, other books would be... I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo when it comes to these kind of things. Like, I actually liked Crystal Star, so I said it on, <laughs> I said it, I can't unsay it, um, but I love all that stuff. So I, I tend to choose, like, some of the, the ones that aren't exactly as popular, but um, the Sith books are, you can't go wrong. So I've recommended, like, Red Harvest to, to like, my horror friends, like, like people who, who dig, like, horror movies, um, yeah. all the Schreiber books, like, I'll put, I'll push those toward them. Um, for sure. And that's actually more common than, than I think people realize like death troopers really made a wave in the comic scene. Um, cause you know, seeing everybody, all the stormtroopers and zombie gear and stuff like that was like kind of a thing in its own right. So sometimes like if they, if they'll tell me they're like walking dead or whatever, then I'll just be like, well, read death troopers. That'll be cool. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and then those, those are generally like, like, uh, my favorite ones. And then, Oh, and deceived by the old, uh, the, uh, S camp, Paul S camp. I put that one out there a lot too. My kind of like go-to books to recommend. So it it really does depend on, you know, what kind of Star Wars level they've been into. So like if they've watched all the movies and they they really want to get into Star Wars, like I tend to recommend starting with Kenobi just because it's like such a simple story where one, who doesn't love Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because best drive ever. Um, and like the audio production itself, you know, is, is wonderful and it's beautiful and it's so much like a Western where like, how could you not really just kind of get into kind of motif of, of the kind of Star Wars timeline, but, you know, and then people who know a bit more about Star Wars, but they, they've only kind of like read stuff off of like Wikipedia. Cause I have a couple of friends like that where they've just, they mostly just read things off Wikipedia instead of actually reading the books. But they, you know, they love yep. the movies and things like that. They complain about Kathleen Kennedy. And I'm just like, well, listen to Darth Plagueis because that, it's it's such a, an amazing production. I could not recommend it enough. Like with Daniel Davis as the narrator and Plagueis, it is a beautiful, beautiful, stunningly pr- production. And, you know, I probably listen to it like once every two years at this point but like i just it's just like it it takes me in every time i hear it um and then obviously i always recommend darth bane because you know like there's that's just a good glimpse into the dark side where it's not really a huge commitment to you know to anyone that doesn't really understand star wars that much at the same time but you know i'm, I'm surprised you recommend new jedi order to kind of like users oh yeah yeah because it's just like you know it's 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 after um the the new republic so it's because it's just the 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 idea is just like do you want people to get hooked into like a a really deep saga because you know maybe they won't finish it but it's like all the same they'll still like love it going through and it's i guess it's because like i really do think it's 
it sets everything up for you because it's just got a way about it throughout the entire series that it it lets you in on these like these these pockets of history so you do know what's going on so it's like if you really want to get into the universe and that's your intent to start not just like kind of casually like picking up books here and there but it's just like if you really want to know what's happening it's probably the easiest way to do it even though it's like what 19 books it's probably the easiest way to do it because you get a glimpse at everything and by the time you tackle any other section you kind of feel familiar to a degree because you know you read a book that maybe maybe like kind of like blew up your imagination a little bit but then you're like holy crap it, it ties into all of this that they were talking about over here that's incredible oh, um, i love I love the new Jedi Order series. It's like you, you basically get like a whole different context of a story mm -hmm. where you, you don't really expect the unexpected at, at this point, where it's just like you get these species that, you know, are the Yuuzhan Vong and, you know, like it's, it's nothing like you could ever picture in what we would know as like a, as anything versus what to what that galaxy would know it and or understand you know and it's just like it's it, at times it's heartbreaking because of like the devastation they they hold upon so many different worlds and they destroy so many worlds and you're just like i, I don't want to see the downfall of you know ithor for example but you know, and it, it keeps you going on. And, and then you see the downfall of other characters like Ganarisode, you know, when he goes up against them and like tries to kind of end them in his own way. And and it's just like, it's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful at the same time. And it's just... And it's the first time that we have all of those characters that were from the Young Reader series and everything before, like, you know, the kids are finally grown and yeah. like... Like, you know, like when they meet, when they say New Jedi Order, it's just like, holy crap, it is because like, it's like there actually mm -hmm. is a Jedi Order at this point and like fighting a full scale war for the first time since the Clone Wars, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's that period too, because it's just, it, and I, uh, there's just something about it. You know, like, and, and, I know it divided a lot of fans, like, especially with starting it by killing off Chewie. Like, if, if maybe they but, hadn't done that, it could have continued on some people's fandom. Um, I, know, I, I know Luke, one of, like, the former hosts of the show, he always said, like, it was very hard to, to have Chewie as, like, a character because it's, like, you have to always kind of respond to him as someone else saying, oh, this is what you think? You know, like, it's, like, a response to what they've said you know almost kind of like reiterating it so like i i understand that as like why you said it was necessary to kill that character i never agreed with killing Tui because like Tui's death it destroyed me like it, <laughs> yeah it was but it was so important it it's so, so important though so <laughs> like oh it feels <laughs> like it feels everything for like the next 20 or so years you know it's like and 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 they i think that it was just I, the logic that i understand is that like you know the the big three the big four big five however you want to look at the group of, of characters in particular but like they were untouchable you know and i didn't really approve of chewbacca's choice either but like I mean, I, I don't, and, and like, I don't know about the, I, I've, I've heard that cited before too, that it's apparently difficult to write him, but I'm like, all right, well, 
it's Star Wars. It's kind of part of your gig is writing for aliens too, right? But anyway, so I, I don't know. I guess like I can meet them halfway on that. But to me, it's just like as far as how it was, it's just like, you know, what's the worst way to get anybody crying? Um, you know, to like kill the family dog. And like that was the mentality that they used. And it's just like, but that made it become this controversial huge book you know and you had like you had like mark um hamill doing the the audio for the commercials for vector prime and all that so it's just like it was a very formal project when it launched and it's just like it it showed the world as far as like anyone was concerned that because you know we were coming off of the bantam era like we got to remember that too is like the reason why they had to shake things up is because it was it was time you know and how else how else can they kick off like they're like hey we're gonna put out this this epic and, and you know in retrospect it's still like one of the greater achievements of of uh of, of literature fiction but anyway um to to be able to fuel such a thing it's just like we need a character that we truly love to to be a tragic loss you know because otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna care what happens you know for 19 books if there's nothing that's like even hooking you from the front to care about it um and everybody needed to know because it's just like what's going to happen to han and it's just like yo so we all we all zoomed in and it's just like but then like they took us through a roller coaster of like very kind of going back to our ideas where we were talking about shatterpoint it's like it really took you into real life um not to use the same word twice in the same sentence but um and and you you know seeing like han digress um and become that old uh smuggler that he used to be and you know shedding the trappings of of being a republic war hero and 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 that's what would happen if like you know someone i imagine of that stature like you know they know that these things occur but it's just like after all that time it actually happened and it's just like and we 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 see that and it's not just it wasn't done in a cheesy way it's just like no we spent like books with like han just grieving and being um aggressive and just not himself but it's because like they had to because it's like that would be unbelievable as well um you know it's like oh choose dead now but like Han, han's fine like you know no we had to like go through it and they did almost split over it um yeah, absolutely. So as far as as far as covering the aftermath of like uh, uh the death of a character so large it's just like i don't i think they really did it justice um what's interesting you know, now is like if you think about if we were to write this story now, um, like with the, the stigma towards mental health and like the more understanding that we go through it by year by year is that like if if we actually really studied the grievance that Han went through and the loss of his son and the loss of Chewie, it's just, you know, like he blamed his son for losing his best friend. And then when he lost his son, he was never able to close that chapter finally. And, you know, like that's, that's a, such a hard, hard thing to do with your, your mind because you sit with your mind every second of the day. And Han was completely, completely absolved and obsessed by this kind of moment where he could do nothing about it. Like when it came down to Han, it's like he was always one to to save the day, to correct the day, to, to do this kind of action. But in this moment, he could not, he could do nothing to save his best friend. And then eventually to save his own son. 
and was left with the regrets in that moment. And it destroyed him and almost destroyed his marriage and his relationship with Leia and his relationship with his children and everyone else around him that he wanted nothing to do with them. But because there was such a terrible war that was going around around them that it's just like he had to keep going and you have to respect Han in that moment where it's just he needed what was going on within himself but that you know like he still went through it and he still kept going and you know and that's what's powerful about eventually their relationship with how like him and Leia reconnected in, in legacy forest with each other again and supported one another and it's just like it's it's still heartbreaking and it's like I just find that just so sad to find that Han had to go through, through this experience but we never get that perspective of what Leia really felt in that moment. Like she had some moments of like Hans being distant. He's off with some buddies. He's doing this with this species. And then when they could track down a species of that species, they're like, oh, well, we think he's over here. You know, like, and it's just like, we don't know what Leia was really going through. And, you know, obviously like she's always been the strongest character in Star Wars and, <sighs> yeah but it humanized our like just like you're saying it humanized our our characters exactly you know they i mean it, it i can understand people's resentment because it did take them from being you know comic book archetypes and whatnot not that they didn't experience like loss and in, in humanism before i'm definitely not trying to say that but as far as just like the, the experience of 19 novels of dealing with it, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to get to, um, exactly. the most with that, you know, and like they, they really, I mean, like essentially it lived up to what George Lucas wanted this to be about. And that's like familial ties, tragedies, and everything comes down to again, family. And we, we actually got that. So I think it really did it justice. You know? Yeah. No, exactly. Still wish they didn't kill Anakin, though. That's the only... Oh, Chewie was enough. Chewie was enough, and I think that that's probably, like... Uh, that was probably a bigger one for some people than even Chewie, because, like, you know, understanding one of the big four or five going and, and whatnot is, like, kind of okay um, to some folks. But, like, you know, for the people who are really looking forward to the next generation of Jedi Knights, like, I think that that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, popped an opportunity. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. Like the loss of Anakin, I don't like. I don't remember if I recalled it from happening, but when it happened, it was just it did feel devastating. Like I understood uh, why they had to do it, but at the same time, it was just like, ah, uh, did did we really need to lose Anakin? Like he would, you know. And that's something that I was very grateful for with of the Jedi that we're able to get some form of conclusion of his character and Kaidus kind of having like a reconciliation moment of you know loving Luke together yeah. where even though 
Kindness, or as in, you know, Jason was very much like, what, you fail, Ben? You know, like, in his, like, mockery tones toward Luke of, like, how Luke was allowing him to to join with the Sith. And it's just like, well, first of all, piss off, Jason. Like, <laughs> you have your good moments, but you have your terrible moments. And then when Anakin... He was still like, a jerk. <laughs> you know... <laughs> You love to hate him. That's that's what it comes down to. But like with with Anakin in that moment when like he resurfaced in kind of that pool of you know that, and he's just kind of saying like it's it's fine. Like I'm I'm fine. Like everything is well. Like and and that's what it comes down to. That is the gratification that these Jedi are seeking. Is it's for their forebearers, the ones that they hold precious in the eyes of like a master and things like that. It's just everything is okay in their opinion. And that is why they keep going ahead with the direction that they think is right, even though it could lead to the downfall of each other. You know, obviously what we see in the New Republic. Um, but, but all is well when it comes to Anakin because he accepted it at least sort of in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we did have that tragic moment. So we, yeah. we kind of got a little bit of closure ourselves. Exactly. You know, as far as when, when they, when they flow walked exactly. without Jason and to, to, to hear you. Yeah. That, that brief, all beat moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Still gets me, like we t- like we said earlier. That's still like one of my um actual like favorite favorite scenes, just because it's <laughs> as far as like Sith manipulation written out on paper. There you go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and that and that's my whole kind of point about the Jedi. It's like we can't disregard what the Sith do because when you ignore them, that's when they're most powerful, and that's when they're able to do these things that you don't expect. Um, so, okay. So if you could pick some favorite kind of either timelines or moments in your story, in legends, what do you think they would be? Well, not to be, um, (laughs) uh, too, too boastful of of it, but, uh, I think that like the, the cosmic wars area of, uh, has actually become my, my favorite, um, time period out of all of it. And it's before Dawn of the Jedi. So that's, that's of course, um, supernatural encounters, but that's actually, I can't lie though. It's, it's become my favorite, um, era. So old Republic as a whole, I would say, yeah. I think that's just that's like an like easier way of saying it. Like though. Uh-huh. Or the, the ancient, ancient, ancient times. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I, when people ask though, I tend to just say like, I'll say the old Republic. So people at least know where I'm going with it. Because once you start talking like uh, more advanced periods, uh, not everybody mm-hmm. follows you there. So it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, you like the ancient stuff. Okay. And it's like, that's good enough for people to, to get the idea across usually. Yeah. makes sense. If you could pick mm-hmm. some characters from that time period, who would you want to focus on? I always did love Malgus. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, um, there's, there's character. There's a whole lot of things that are, are referenced in the project that I just uh, said. The supernatural encounters. So I don't want to like say anything here on the podcast that would would give anything away. But um, 
I think so for, for that period, I would say Malgus. Um, and I always loved the lost tribe of the Sith. So anything to do with that period, um, mm -hmm. I, I loved the, the whole lineage and just, I, I would have loved to see that keep going. Um, and I guess, I guess, uh, I, the, the night errant era was also a pretty unexplored. Yeah. So good. And yeah, I mean, it was a great start and like, you know, I, it was still satisfying, but like, I, I think that I could have seen that kept going for a long time because the drag alts period was that, that era that, um, we just didn't get, we didn't, we just couldn't get enough, you know? Because after after the old republic, um, as far as like terms of framing the the timeline and like the 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 meta game, or uh, the actual uh, the the online multi person game, um, after that that that's all vitiate, you know. Absolutely. And he's he's uh he's he's the the lead emperor, obviously. I think we've talked about this before. Otherwise, I can I can inform you, but um, he's like the lead emperor of a uh, of the Sith Empire, so. I don't know. I think a book on Vitiate now that I'm, I'm thinking about it would have, uh, would have tickled my fancy. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll take it back. I love Malgus, but Vitiate, that's the character that I would have seen a, a full novel for come to think of it. You know, it's funny because that's somebody I actually think of often kind of like in the distant thoughts of my mind, that name Vitiate echoes through it constantly. And I don't know what it is about his character that it's just like, I just want to talk about him. But, you know, like, I always encourage, uh, and it did take some time to get, like, Randy and Cole to kind of be on board with the whole Knight Errant book by John Jackson Miller. And, you know, they were, you know, Randy had his own problems of why he started the book, but I kept pushing him. I remember. Pushing him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I it's was like, like no, And I was like, trust me. Yeah. It, basically, it was his darkness as to what it was. Is. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, trust me, this book is really good. And eventually we got down to it, you know, and then we did have John Jackson Miller on the show. And then Randy was very much like, oh, good thing we read that book. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> helped, helped a little bit, eh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but it's it's such like I love that timeline. Like there's something about it that's just so, you know, like it's something that's just so nail biting, and you just like you just don't know enough about it. And and that's what I love about Star Wars. It's just like you can just keep going and keep going, and just no matter how many centuries you can go through, and timelines, and characters, and force users, and good guys and bad guys and politicians and intrigues and corruption. It's just like, there's always going to be more. And, yeah. you know, and it's, no matter what, it's just like, there's always going to be authors that want to provide wow. it and will keep providing it because it's our love of the franchise. And just like how much that, despite what the world is going on around us, and especially now, you know, the world is kind of shit around us right now with plague and the continual hatred as to if you have this politics and this politics, it's like, okay, that's enough. Just, it's enough. We just, we want to move on. We want to achieve something and continue with good stories, plot histories and continuation. And just kind of be done with other things around us, you know? And that's why I love escaping to Star Wars. It's like it gives you those moments of, 
I can I can go up into the stars and forget about it. You know? That's right. And that's and that's why I call my two motorcycles Anakin and the other one Darth Maul. It's just like I'm when I'm with them, that's what I'm thinking about. It's just like me and the stars. Like it's just I'm I'm not here. I'm not here anymore. Like I'm just I'm just doing what I need to do to keep going. So yeah. But Kyle, if you could share just some kind of last minute um, you know, stuff about the project you've been working on, if you what you can and cannot share at this point. Oh, okay. Okay. Um well what I can share is there there's a lot of of controversy surrounding the project, uh, supernatural encounters, um, trial and transformation of Arhul Huxtafran. And as far as like conicity and whatnot, but I think that I have to just impart to any fan who happens to be listening that because we love star Wars and because we do, um, dedicate so much of ourselves, our lives, our time, our spirit, if you would, um, it is important to, to remember the fact that like the expanded universe was, was a living document, if you would, um, connected by so many people who were working tirelessly to craft it for us, just for our entertainment. And th those people are still out there and they are still working. Um, and you know, Joe Bongiorno. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Joe Bongiorno is, is the, the prime example of that because, um, I mean, this is the, the next, um, legends publication that's coming up and it can be viewed, um, how it will be viewed, but I ask that everybody put that aside and simply when it is published, keep an eye out for it and, and take your time and just read it and enjoy every moment that you can of it. Because, um, that is one thing I can say is that he, he is, Joe has, has dedicated a lot of his soul, um, into this work and it clearly shows. And the day that comes that when you when you do when you reach those those words the end you are going to be sitting there and completely dumbfounded by the incredible experience you just you just went through um and i keep in mind the 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 era of the times you know going back to what you were saying and the, the canon wars and all this and yada 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 it's all going to melt away um like when you when you reach the end you'll understand and that's that's what i can impart to you it's it's worth your time um and it's it's the story of a of a of a lifetime i think that's good that's amazing so if people want to get a hold of you kyle how can they get a hold of you uh well you can find me on twitter uh, my handle there is darn katarn so D A R N K A T A R N. Awesome! <laughs> that's a great, that's a great subtitle. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, it's at Legends Library on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get our email, it's Legends Library Podcast at gmail .com, and our website is Legends Library Podcast. Um, I just honestly, Kyle, thank you for joining us today. It's it's always a pleasure talking to you and you know hearing about your projects and you know to to continue the the love of legends, which is really great. You know, and it's it's funny that I have kind of found myself being a part of this universe and not really deliberately 
uh, seeking it out really, but falling into it and just loving every moment of it, which is what is, what is about this whole show is just about the love of legends and, and how we can continue it. And, but yeah, if, if fans want to reach out to us, it's at legendslibrarypodcast.com. But yeah, and, you know, to keep in touch with Kyle's work, um, we're obviously going to feature that in the future. But for everyone oh, who yeah. joined us, if if you have uh, any final thoughts, Kyle? Oh, um, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to talk out of turn. But the, the website to reach the work as well um, is Star Wars Timeline. Dot net. Perfect. Yep. Well, again, thank you for joining us and here at Legends Library. So, of course, uh, keeping our love theme, you know, we just, if anyone wants to reach out to us, I'm always, I, I love getting emails, you know, whenever they randomly happen. I do appreciate it. But, of course, you know, if, and the final thought is if you've not actually watched the Moulin Rouge movie, which is honestly not that good of a movie, but if you hear the soundtrack, which is Ewan McGregor singing love songs, because he is a very fantastic singer. And obviously, it's, you know, Obi Wan singing songs. And the whole point of the Moulin Rouge movie is the female character, her name is Satine which obviously ties into the Clone Wars series. And there's this great comment in one of the, the videos where he's like, you must give up, Satine. I have the high ground. And it made me laugh. So, <laughs> so, and you know, that's why we love Star Wars. <laughs> and that's why we love Star Wars. So, you know, just, just go listen to Obi-Wan sing and him singing about love. And that's just what, all we need. All we need is love. So everyone, thank you for joining us today in our Let's Talk About Love of Legends. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. And may the force be with you. That concludes this edition of Legends Library. To join the discussion, please email the show at legendslibrarypodcast at gmail.com or comment and follow us on Twitter at Legends Library. Also, if you've not done so already, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment or informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other related items are registered trademark and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark or copyright holders. Legends Library. There's always a bit of truth in Legends. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.